We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it is July 16th, it's 2019, and we have 15 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my bearded brother, I appreciate you filling in for me yesterday, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Um, I'm doing just great. Not a not a profitable night, but it's one of those up nights. Both nights, both times I've played since the All-Star break happened, I've won exactly the same amount of money as I've lost on one site on the other. So... I'm exactly even right now <laughs> through two days. Um, real profitable on one site and exact opposite profitability on the other one. Yeah, I didn't play a lot this weekend. You know, I was super busy and, you know, I played a lot of NASCAR. It was a Saturday night race, so there's a lot going on with that. So, like, I played a little bit Friday when we came back from the All-Star break when we did the podcast and then played a little Saturday, played a little Sunday, didn't play hardly any on Monday. Um, so I'm ready to officially get back on the grind. If you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there, check them out. It's fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Roto-Grinders links. And we get three months of Roto-Grinders premium for Fantasy Draft, plus any cool promos that we run with them. You'll get access to those. Speaking of Roto-Grinders premium, baseball Combo MLB package for premium for FanDuel and DraftKings for the end of the season. $99 combo PGA, $99. Both prices have dropped if you guys have been wanting to check out the midseason discount. Um, those those things are up, and you can see those on the pages there at Rotor Grinders. Grant, we got a lot to talk about. We have 15 games. Let's jump right in. We get started here in Philadelphia with the Dodgers visiting. We got Walker Bueller against Vincent Velasquez. Um, I'm guessing Bueller is going to be pretty popular as one of the top end pitchers on this slate. What's your thoughts here on him? I mean, he's my top pitcher on the slate. The guy has just been lights out for a decent period of time. He's a great pitcher. He's going up against a bit of a tough opponent in Philly, but they still strike out at a decent clip versus righties. Um, I, 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 he's probably my top pitcher on the slate. Like he doesn't walk anyone, which starting to realize more and more is the biggest, like in today's MLB, 
the biggest driver of success. And he's striking out guys at a big clip. Got a 27% strikeout rate on the season. That's after a slow start, but he's been a lot better recently. His numbers don't entirely reflect how good he's been because of that slow start, because of the rocky start in Colorado where he just got blown up. But he's been just fantastic. I'm going to have a ton of exposure to him. He's probably going, barring him being the like ultra chalk, he's probably going to be my most one pitcher. Yeah, I'm right there with you. He's the guy today for me. Um, honestly, I don't even care if he starts to get popular. It's just he's the guy if I'm spending up, he's going to be the guy that I pay up for. Uh, really like this spot for him. Not the greatest ballpark in the world. Not the best weather. 85 degrees in Philly. Wind blowing out to right field. Like All that you know, obviously is concerning. They do have guys that get the ball up in the air. But they also have you know five guys in this projected starting lineup with strikeout rates over 23.5% against right-handed pitching. So... I could see him giving up maybe a bomb, maybe two, but making up for it on the strikeout end of things. And with the Dodgers facing Vincent Velasquez, I think he's going to get some run support here. So talking about the other side of this game, Vincent Velasquez, we look at his numbers this season. You know, he's just been bad to righties and lefties. The strikeout rates are still decent, but he gives up a ton of hard contact, really generates hardly any soft contact. It's just not a good spot for him here facing a Dodgers team that is just strong up all there's just not a weak spot in this lineup yeah i mean i don't want to play him but i'm probably going to he's only 5.9k over on dk that price tag is too cheap considering he's an above average strikeout rate pitcher i mean this is going up against the dodgers they are a very very tough team and they're obviously good all the way up and down and he has struggled a little bit to righties and lefties but the 27 percent strikeout rate to righties the 22 percent strikeout rate to lefties considering his price tag Honestly, I'm going to have a lot of them. Um, it's He's not going to come in at big ownership. The Dodgers currently have a 5.6 implied run total, and it could could actually go up here. But uh, like that price tag is too cheap when you consider the strikeouts. I'm not hoping for a huge game, but 15 is definitely within the realm of possibilities. There's not a huge amount of options, and there's one super chalky mid-range guy that I think everyone's going to be on. So I don't know if many people are going to have Lasquez at all. I'm probably using him a bit. Fair enough. I hope it works out for you. I won't be joining you on that uh, voyage, uh, but you never know. Uh, with that price tag, you really don't need him to go out and have a perfect game. Uh, let's talk bats here for the Dodgers. They're a team that doesn't strike out a lot. They have a ton of power. Um, you know, when we're looking at you know trying to get off of some of the popular stacks on the slate, I think you have to look at the Dodgers here. Yeah, and I still think that they'll be moderately popular. I mean, they had a decent amount of ownership today or yesterday. It was a semi-similar slate, although this is bigger and there are some more options. But Dodgers are one of my favorite stacks on the slate, even though I will be using some Velasquez. Uh, it's mostly about like the fact that they can hit home runs. And Velasquez, he's not going to go that late into the game, so you're going to get that bullpen. And like Peterson has some huge power numbers. Bellinger has some huge power numbers. Verdugo has some power. Muncie has a bunch of power. Like Pollock is always too cheap. He's only priced at 3900 And with their price tags, I don't know if too many people are going to be playing Belly and Muncie, even though Belly had a two-bomb game today. I like him. I will stack, but I'm playing some Velasquez, but I'm mostly just looking at these power bats because we all know that Velasquez can give up some bombs. Yeah, like Pollock's back. You know, he's a guy, you know, that you like to play against lefties, but he's still a really good hitter and you know, he certainly had a good weekend against Boston, you know, coming back from the IL and 
looking really strong. And he's a guy that you certainly could look at on the cheaper end of things, only at 3,900. So a lot of different ways to go with the Dodgers. You're going to use your outfielder, you know, eligibility up when you're looking at the Dodgers. That's the only bad thing when stacking them, but you know, it obviously could pay off. Seager's back. There's a lot of different ways here. Um, as far as the Philly bats go, uh, you know, I really don't think I will play any Phillies bats, but if I was going to, it'd probably be Hoskins. Yeah, I mean, he's the greatest hitter of all time. Um, it's interesting. So Hoskins is a guy that's ultra patient at the plate. Um, you can see by his 16% walk rate. So going up against a guy like Bueller, he's only priced at 4.2K, which Bueller is an incredible pitcher. I'm not going to deny that at all, but he gives up a 41% hard contact rate to lefties or sorry only 39.4 to righties but like hoskins if he's not waiting on pitches expecting to get walks like he's gonna be swinging and his numbers are fantastic when he actually swings away he's just so patient if he wasn't he'd be a much better fantasy player so 4.2 price that 4.2k price tag for hoskins is a little bit too cheap i'll have some of him but he's about the only bat i'll be playing all right moving on washington at baltimore 11 and a half total here Austin Voth against Asher Woji. Um, Voth, a minus 194 favor here. I think that just really speaks towards the bats. Do you have any interest here in Austin Voth? I mean, he's been decent since he's come into the league this year. I don't think he's that great of a pitcher. Like His price tag is good enough where I think that you can use him. Um, but like it's not great. 7.2, I think I'd rather go with Flaherty. But Baltimore is a high enough strikeout opponent where... I'm not against it. I'm not terribly for it. He'll find his way into some of my lines, but like he doesn't stand out as a great play. He's just got a good opponent and has shown decent stuff since he's come into the league. Yeah, and you know, even if we're looking at his double e or double A numbers uh, or triple A numbers, sorry, from this season, twenty five point four percent K rate, eleven percent swing and strike rate, kind of what's lined up, you know, in, in his very small fourteen point two three start sample here. You know, the thing that concerns me with him is walks. Um, you know, when you start walking teams and start walking batters, you know, that's obviously the biggest concern because they do have some power in this lineup that could make it tough. But, you know, I, I think that he's worth a look because I don't think we have a ton of options in this range today. The only thing that concerns me here is 11 and a half total tells me a lot about this game and we're expecting some runs. Um Asher Woji on the other side of this game. Grant, I'll be honest, um, there's zero chance I'm playing this guy today. Uh, 6.7 implied total for Washington, and I think that's probably pretty spot on. Yep. Uh, he may have may have a 30% K rate so far on his small sample size, but this guy's not a good pitcher. He's one of the worst pitchers in the league. Um, may, however, not be the worst pitcher in the Baltimore rotation, but that's – I think they've got the bottom three in the league pretty much. So uh, – Washington, good lineup. They do have some strikeouts in there, but no chance I'm using him. The 6.5, 6.7 applied run total is spot on. Zero interest in him. Yeah, a lot of five balls, a lot of hard contact, bad ballpark. Um, let's talk bats here for Washington. I, I think they get some ownership here. This implied total is big. You know, when the Red Sox are sitting at six and a half, neither team in Texas is over 5.75. You know, obviously, we have the big totals and cores, but this total, when people are looking at it, it is right there, um, you know, third highest total on the slate. So I think Washington gets ownership today. How are you approaching them potentially getting ownership, you know, against, you know, Woji and then, you know, this Baltimore bullpen? I mean, 
Zimmerman is only 3.7K. Dozier is only 3.9K. Gomes is only 2.9K. All of them got some pop um, for their price tag. So I have a lot of interest in them. And then I'll, I'll still stack them up. I know that they're going to draw some ownership, but it's a big enough slate where we have enough guys or enough teams with over a six implied team total where ownership is going to be spread out a ton. And the price tags of a lot of these guys, like Rendon's 5.4K, Soto's 4.3K, Howie's 4.8K, Turner's 5.1K. They're all priced up enough where I think more people are going to be going on to the Coors game instead. Um, I think a lot of the ownership on the Coors game was like a little bit lower than it should have been because of the late uh, doubleheader and late lineups that came out. So I'm expecting Coors to draw a lot more ownership today and Nationals go a little bit under on all. I'll be stacking them up, and I'm mostly targeting the power bats. Yeah, um, you know, this is a spot that I really like Howie Kendrick. Um, I'm expecting expecting him to be in the lineup here, and I think he's the guy that when people are stacking Washington, he might be the guy they lead him off, but I think that's a huge mistake. You know, he has a 223 ISO, 382 WOBA, and a 42% hard hit rate against righties this season, and, you know, with this bullpen, being so bad, I, I think he's the guy that like really stands out to me when I'm stacking this team to, to not leave off. Um, and honestly, when you're looking at it, there's just so many ways that you could stack this team because of the position eligibility of this team. Uh, a lot of different ways you can stack them and stack them with other teams. So certainly like Washington, I think they're a great stack today. As far as Baltimore goes, I don't mind, you know, maybe looking at like a Cisco or Mancini. Um, I don't mind getting some of these guys that have a little bit of power upside. Yeah, Mancini's a little bit cheap there at 3.9K. I mean, Voth is not a great pitcher. He's going to be statistically average. So I don't mind him at all. Cisco, obviously a guy that can fill the catcher eligibility. Only 4.4K, and he's been mashing, mashing righty so far this season. And Voth, I mean, we don't have a huge sample size, but. 11% K rate to lefties. I'm expecting him to kind of regress with his righties and get a little bit better with his lefties, but still not going to be a great strikeout pitcher to lefties. So Cisco's 35% K rate. It's not that much of a worry. He'd be the guy that I mostly want to go with him and Mancini. Tampa Bay and New York. It's going to be a opener and then Beeks against CC Sabathia. No total in this one. Um, any thoughts here on Jalen Beeks? Um, don't want to play him. He's going up against New York. Yeah, um, left-handed pitcher facing New York. You know, this is a spot that certainly going to stay away from um, Jalen Beeks here. Uh, any interest here in CC Sabathia? Small amount, like just just a smidgen. Um, but his price tag is a little bit tough at eight point eight k. So I mean, the Rays have been worse versus lefties. But I, I still don't think I can pay that price tag for him. Like, there's not really a whole lot of guys in that range, so I may end up he may end up finding his way into one of my lineups. But overall, like, not a guy that I want to target too often. And this happens to be a good matchup, but it's not great, especially with Dare now hitting well and Brassard uh, coming into the lineup. Yeah, I think I'd rather just take a shot on like Woodruff. Uh, in the same price range in a tougher matchup. Just you know, play the upside game um, personally. But I, I, you know, he's just if C, if CC was cheaper in this spot, I, I'd certainly have some interest. But you know, with this team getting some guys back, with Diaz back, um, with Brosor, Brosor, um, Garcia, like they're getting a little bit healthier, and they have some of these right-handed bats back. So 
I think it's a little bit tougher now. They're going to be a little bit tougher on left-handed pitching um, with these guys a little bit healthier. So probably going to stay away from CC. Um, any interest in the raised bats here? Yeah, I got interest in some of the righties. I mean, Darno, if he's leading off again, 3.8K is way too cheap. Diaz, don't mind his price. Like, all these guys are decently priced. And Adamas, guy that people rarely play, but he he has some pop to him. Um, Sabathia, like, he's just a decent ground ball pitcher. He's not the great ground ball pitcher we've seen before and gives up enough hard contact. Where are these guys getting a ballpark upgrade? I could see any of them taking the ball out of the ballpark here. So probably be Rosar, uh, Dare No, Adamas, Fam, Diaz, Garcia are all very much in play. I'm staying away from the lefties, though. Yeah, Brasso. Um, I don't know why I was saying it wrong, but Brasso. Mike Bra- Mike Brasso is a guy that um, ever since he got called up, he's just hitting. Um, dude's batting 357 in 13 games. Um showing a ton of upside and you know obviously he's a guy that in a small sample has been really good against lefties so i i certainly like him he's under 4k certainly a guy i think you can look at um even as a one-off here you know especially at a second base position that uh, we like to get some power upside as far as the yankees go you know Jalen beaks this season is his numbers have been okay. It's been very hit or miss for him. 289 Woba um, against righties this year. 4.8 XFIP. Um, the home run per nine, I think, is going to go up. It's only at 0.39. Does generate ground balls, um, you know, 41.8% ground balls, but still gives up 35% fly balls with a 40% hard hit rate. I think that a lot of these numbers are definitely from pitching at home. And like, I think you could target Yankees righties here that have the power upside. And I don't think you're going to be too disappointed. I mean, I'll target Yankees anytime they're facing a lefty. I'll target Yankees most of the time when they're facing a righty. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's just obvious suspects. This team is stacked all the way up and down. They're in play every single day. We don't have an implied total yet because it's the night before and they don't know what to do with the whole opener thing. So they generally don't have a line the night before. But I'm guessing the Yankees are going to come out around 5'7", five, 5'8", five, and it's entirely warranted. They're a little bit expensive, but nothing too bad. Judge, LeMahieu, Voigt, Sanchez, and Carnacion are the guys that I'd go with. And if you really want to round out a stack since you can't use two first basemen, Hicks is fine or Torres is fine. And I guess we should have said don't forget Travis Darnot, Mr. Three Home Run Game. Facing the lefty, batting leadoff again, never know. Yeah, uh, I, mentioned, I mentioned him a few times there, Stevie. Thanks for paying attention to me. Yeah, that's my bad. I just want to get you're, you're coming off the baby moon. Yeah, baby moon vacation. Um, getting back in the groove. Detroit at Cleveland. Ryan Carpenter against Zach Plesic. Um, Any interest here in Carpenter? Nope, he's not good. And Cleveland's good. Yeah, I can sum this one up quick, too. I don't really have any interest. 14% K rate, 5.6% XFIP. 43.6% hard hit rate with only a 14% soft contact rate. Yeah, I'm going to pass on him. Um, Plesic has kind of struggled with righties. I like pretty much any right-handed pitcher against Detroit, but this might be one of those guys that I have to pump the brakes on. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm kind of on the same page here. And it'd be different if he was priced at like 5.9K, but he's not a good pitcher, not a high upside pitcher, not a great strikeout pitcher going up against Detroit, who, I mean, they're not good, but he's not good either. So it's 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 tough. You don't really have any upside here. 
There's multiple other guys in the 7K, 8K range, 6K range that you can go with um, that are probably going to get offer more upside. So I'm not playing Felicic. Yeah, and like he put up an 18 fantasy game against this team, you know, a couple weeks ago um, before the All Star break. So like, it's possible. I'm not saying it's not the weather. I mean, not on price tag, do we really want 18 on the slate? No, I would rather just pay down um, and and take a cheap guy, but or pay up and you know get maybe a little bit more upside. So I don't think 18 is the worst thing in the world when we're looking at this slate from a pitcher at 7K. Like if I could lock in 18 right now, I'd probably take it. But I don't know if he's gonna be able to get 18. Like you know, Candelario's been hitting the ball well. Stewart can hit the ball well. Reyes got called up. He's been batting leadoff. Like. They have a little bit more left-handed bats in this lineup now, too. It's not just a full right-handed heavy lineup, but still weak lineup, but um, probably not going to pull the trigger. Any of these Detroit bats kind of standing out to you here? Not really. I mean, Plesek's not a great pitcher, but he's not awful. Um, the ball's going to be put in play. He does give up hard contact. He does give up fly balls to righties. So, I mean, Castellanos is a guy that's pretty much always in play. Price tag's all right. Outside of him, like, no one's priced down enough for me to really consider. I'm probably just going to not take anyone outside of Castellanos as a one-off. Yeah, like, yeah, that's kind of it. I don't mind Christian Stewart at 3,700 if he's batting in that, like, five or six spot. I think he's fine, Uh, but I'm not getting super excited about anybody here. As far as the Cleveland bats go, Always like Luplo um, against left-handed pitching. I think um, Mercado, Lindor, Santana, Ramirez, all these guys, Perez, if you want to pay up for catcher, very much in play against Carpenter, who just not very good. Yeah, and don't forget about Kipnis there. Uh, maybe lefty-lefty, but Carpenter's a trash lefty and may not even be in there for that many innings. So um, Detroit bullpen's bad. Kipnis is only priced at 3.6K. Or, yeah, 3.6K. And Bobby Bradley, if he makes the lineup, even though it's lefty-lefty there, like Carpenter only strikes out lefties at a 15% clip. So Bobby Bradley's huge strikeout numbers, not as much in play here. So, yeah, basically I like everyone, one through six, one through seven, depending on who's in the lineup in this Cleveland lineup. Moving on, Toronto at Boston. We got Jacob Wagspeck, Wagspeck, Wagspeck. Beef. Wagyu beef against, um, for some reason, the Red Sox went out and traded for Andrew Kashner. Um, any interest in Wags Pack? Wagus Pack? Against Boston, no. They have a 6.5 implied run total. He may have decent numbers and what, one, one and a half starts, whatever it was this year, but he's not a very good pitcher. Wags Pack. Wags Pack, I think is how you say it. I just Wags call him Wagyu. Wags Pack. I'm going to go Wags Pack. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this. Um, the Ross, the Red Sox, really tough team to face just in general. Not terrible numbers, um, in his first two starts. And obviously one of those games was already against Boston. So like facing Boston for the second time in the first, first three starts of his, um, career here, probably going to be a, a, a hard pass for me. Um, they got to him a little bit in the last game and, you know, like I said, they just saw him. So gonna pass and um i don't get the andrew cashner pickup for the red Sox. do you have any interest Sykes, in cashner guy 
Well, only owns a 237 Woba versus lefties. I don't know, Stevie. He seems pretty good and he's got great numbers. No, no, I have no interest in Kashner. I'm not paying 8.6K for Kashner. Kashner is not very good. We'll just put it that way. Really, I, I don't understand the trade either. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, just don't get it. Yeah, like his changeup's been great this season against lefties, and he's been getting lefties out at a good clip, generating ground balls against lefties, still not striking them out because he doesn't have a strikeout pitch, but limiting the damage against lefties. But righties has just been pummeling him. Um, I'm not going to play Kashner here. I don't mind fading the lefties, but like I like the price for Vlad. I think Gritchick is a guy that has some upside. Gary L. Like those three righties are certainly interesting here for me. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I mean, Guriel mashes the ball, so yeah, and I'm pretty much on the same page. And like, I I really like the price on Vlad, like 3600. Got the day off. You like the price on Vlad every day? He's always 3600. I know it's just like you know <laughs> you know the raw power and the power upside for him, and you're just like I know the upside. I know he's cheap enough to have that big home run game, and he's facing Andrew Kashner, so like, you get excited. Yeah. Uh, what are we doing with the Red Sox here? They are so darn expensive. Um, they are. They are. They are not cheap in the slightest. Still going to play them. Um, probably. I have to figure out how. But, uh, I mean, everyone's a good play in this lineup. It's stacked. I mean, Ben Attendee's probably the top guy, uh, just considering he's a 4.3K price tag. But I don't think many people are going to be on Bogart's bets or Devers. So they're all very much in play like a – Boston stacks a perfect pivot off of Colorado at much less ownership. And realistically, they have almost as much upside considering that the Blue Jays also have a horrible bullpen. Very bad bullpen. Very bad bullpen. Um, I was going to bring that up. Glad you brought it up. So this bullpen has a 4.4 X FIP on the season. Their Woba is sitting around 330. Um, one of the worst bullpens in baseball. Um if they get to this guy who they have faced now, like I said, um, in two of his three major league starts, Wakes back's just not a guy that I like here. So I, I like the Red Sox stack. I like the pivot. Moving on, Padres and Marlins, eight total. Logan Allen, Jordan Yamamoto. Um, Allen's a 122 favorite here on the road. I think he's serviceable here. Um, you know, facing a Marlins team that is last in Woba, last in WRC plus. He hasn't given up a home run to a right-handed hitter yet this season. They don't walk. They strike out. He's serviceable. Um, he's not cheap. That's, I think, the the biggest downfall to him here is 9,200. I, yeah. I think I think that's the only like thing that like is keeping you from playing him a ton, but I definitely think you should have exposure to him today. I, I will play him zero. Um, maybe I'm jaded because last time I played him, he, he got robbed. Yeah, <laughs> he destroyed game. me. He destroyed what would have been a good night. I'm like, I can't play Allen. I don't want to play Allen. And I'm like, well, this slate's terrible. Who who the heck else am I going to play? Am I just going to leave two grand on the table? No, I guess I'm playing Logan Allen. And turns out I shouldn't have played him. And today, like, Miami's not a great team, but they're not a huge strikeout team. Logan Allen's not a huge strikeout pitcher in this limited sample size that we already have. So I, I just can't play, pay 9.2K. Like, if he was 8K, maybe, but he's not going to go late into the game. He doesn't have good strikeout stuff. I'm just going to cross him off. 
Yeah, um, man, that that Giants game was so bad. He got babbled to death in that game. I, I happens. Um, I certainly played him in that start too, but don't mind going back to the well here. Like I said, I just seen walks at the lowest rate. It's just there's a lot of stats that tell me he's pretty safe. Yamamoto on the other side of this game. I'm still waiting for this guy to regress. He hasn't. If you want to play him here, I certainly don't mind playing him. I, I still. I, you know, you look at the advanced numbers on this guy and you're like, this guy is just set up to get rocked and he just hasn't done it yet. And, you know, he continues to pitch really well. It's 9,500 on DraftKings. The The price tag is certainly up there. I do think there's some strikeout upside here. Um, what are we doing with this guy? Oh, I'm going to use him. I'm going to use him quite a bit. Um, the guy's got a great slider versus righties. He's got a decent cutter versus righties. Getting a 40% whiff rate on both those pitches. And if you don't already know this, San Diego strikes out at a huge clip to righties. Biggest thing to worry about is their massive amount of power, but they don't walk a whole lot, which Yamamoto, one of the biggest worries is walks. So I'm not worried about their 7.2% walk rate in this matchup here. He's got a 27% K rate. I love Yamamoto. The only problem is, which I'm really angry about it, and it's why I had to play so much Bueller, is Bueller 700 more? It's just not worth it. I mean, if you can make a lineup of both of them, that's great. Um, maybe on a site other than DraftKings, I haven't looked at Yamamoto's price. You can play him, but it's it's tough to stomach Yamamoto when you can get Bueller for 700 more. It is, but that should also lower his ownership. And like I said, I I've been stacking against this guy, waiting for the regression, and I don't mind him here. And this is probably the spot that he gets absolutely rocked. But I do think there's solid upside here. Um, Padres bats. If I was going to play the Padres here, it'd be a stack. Just playing the high fly ball rate, massive hard hit rate, playing the regression game with the high XFIP. Like, that's the only way that I would play the Padres here. Uh, I don't mind one-offs. Um, like you said, Yamamoto gives up a ton of fly balls, ton of hard contact. And one thing we know about these Padres bats, I mean, Renfro, 50% hard hit rate. Reyes, 50% hard hit rate. Machado, 40% hard hit rate. Tatis, not that high of a hard hit rate, but man, that guy just mashes. Um, so any of the power bats I'm fine with here as a one-off. Uh, I don't mind a stack. And like really, like my favorite guy is Framil Reyes at just 3.6K going up against a huge fly ball hard contact guy when he gets a little bit too many ground balls. But mashes the ball reyes renfro like the upside's certainly there it, it is um is it just gonna be this one any miami bats that you like here nope um logan allen's still a decent real life pitcher not it's great for fantasy maybe um but miami's not very good yeah like if you're if you're dumpster diving um you could play cesar uh, Puelo, that, that's really it. 3,300 facing a lefty. Really has not been hitting the ball well since he got traded to the Marlins from the Angels. But if you wanted to play a guy that's probably going to bat second or third, has a nice ISO, has some upside, um, he'd be the guy. But again, don't really love the Marlins here. Arizona at Texas, 10 total. Alex Young, Lance Lynn. Lynn, a 176 favorite. Uh, any interest here in Alex Young? Not really. I mean, looking at his minor league stuff, he did have a decent K rate, um, but a lot of that work was out of the bullpen. 
not really projected to be a great pitcher. Like he's left everyone on base. He has a, what is it? It was something ridiculous, a 0.06 BABIP. So if you're looking at his numbers, that's not going to continue. Uh, home run to fly ball, ball variance is also not going to continue. The 100% left on base is not going to continue. This guy's due for some regression, and this is a, a spot where he's most likely to regress, which is going up against Texas in hot weather. He may be a lefty going up against the highest strikeout team versus lefties, but I don't think I want to use him here. All right. Might need you to talk me off the ledge here. I, I, yeah, I don't know if I really can. Like, <sighs> There's so many strikeouts in this lineup here, but it's hot. Oh, gosh. Please don't talk me on to him. I don't want to talk anybody on to him. I'm just, when I'm looking in this price range, there's just not a ton of upside options. There's some decent. There's one. Yeah. <sighs> Flaherty's just okay. Let, let's let the cat out of the bag. Flaherty's going to have so much ownership at two hundred dollars cheaper than Alex Young. You talked about you know how Texas has struggled with left-handed pitching. Look at the strikeout rates on this team. Like pull up plate IQ, and Andrus is the only person under twenty-five percent with a strikeout rate under twenty-five percent against left-handed pitching this season. Like. This guy has strikeout stuff. When we look at his minor league numbers, he has a 15% swinging strike rate with a 25% K rate. Like he has stuff to strike people out. Like if I'm looking for upside, I, I hate the weather. I hate the spot. I like he could easily give up five home runs here. Like I'm not saying he's a cash game play by any means, but I think he's worth a look in tournaments. Just knowing how many strikeouts are in this lineup, knowing that he has decent strikeout ability. I, I hate the weather. Uh, again, I, I think it's going to be, what, 95 degrees in Texas with the wind blowing in, the optimal direction. Like, There's a lot of power in this lineup, but there's a lot of strikeouts here too. So I, I certainly don't mind taking a shot on Alex Young in tournaments. And Grant, I was hoping you'd try to talk me off of it a little bit, but... Um, this worked out exactly the opposite of how it should. I think you talked me on to him. Like, there's no way this guy is going to continue to run the way that he's running. I, I don't disagree with you at all. Like, you know, you don't have a guy that has a 0.68 ERA with a Sierra at 4.5 uh, with a 0.38 whip. Like, you don't run that pure in Major League Baseball, like, for a long period of time. So, tell that Jason really Vargas. It could end really badly. Um, but I, I'm willing to take a shot. Like, we look back at his last start at home. Obviously, you know, at home is a huge difference than compared to pitching in Texas. But face a team that struggles against lefties, went out through no hits, through six innings, struck out, you know, only three guys, but through 71 pitches. I think that's the biggest downfall is I, I doubt he throws more than 80 pitches in the spot. And, you know, that might be the reason not to play him. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons not to play him, but <laughs> gosh, that upside. It, it, it's kind of like the that little wheel in the casino where you see that big $100 thing right there that you can wager <laughs> a buck on. And right. you're like, look at it, it looks great, but the odds are not good, but I could win $100. Oh, it's going to end terribly a lot, but there is a chance he scores 30. You never know what's going to happen, but it's probably not going to end well. Um... Lance Lynn, highest price pitcher on DraftKings, right up there on, you know, FanDuel as well. Not the worst matchup, not the best matchup. He's been really consistent this season. We know he's going to pitch deep into games. What are you doing here with Lance Lynn? 
that price tag makes me fine with it entirely fading, especially with Bueller on the slate. Not going to touch Lance Lynn at all. I get the reason behind it. He's been good, but this team has enough lefties in the lineup. I think they're going to roll out four of them, maybe five of them, where he's worse versus lefties, less upside. He's been great, but in a matchup with four lefties where he only has a 20% K rate to him in 95 degree weather in Texas with the wind blowing in, I can, I'm not going to pay 11.2 K for a pitcher. Yeah, absolutely dominating. Um, before the all-star break, like 11 and 10 strikeouts in two of his last three starts. Like there's always upside when it comes to Lance Lynn, especially this year. He's just, you know, he's been a guy that's consistently put up 20 plus, He's going to need one of those massive strikeout games to really pay off this price tag. I don't think I'll use Lance Lynn. I'm not going to probably try to talk you off of playing Lance Lynn. He should have lower ownership with Bueller being $100 cheaper or $1,000 cheaper. So paying up to be contrarian is always something that I like to do. I still like Bueller more personally, but um, I'm not going to sit here and recommend you know five Arizona bats either. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not stacking against Lynn, even in this good weather. Like, I'm just not doing that anymore. I've learned my lesson, guys. Um, Texas Bats, I think they're an interesting stack against a young pitcher that has some regression in his numbers coming. Uh, but where do you stack them? They've just been so terrible against left-handed pitching this season. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to full stack it, figure out how, when, hopefully Young gets – Beating up early somehow, um, maybe walks a bunch of guys. Who knows? But Gallo's the first guy to start with and then just throw a dart at the board. I mean, they have a 5.7 implied run total. Bombs are going to happen in this game. Maybe Young will give them up. Maybe the bullpen will give them up. But, like, it's going to happen. Andres, Gallo, Chu probably, the three guys that I'd go with, and then just throw a dart at, at a board afterwards. Yeah, and you honestly, you could see like Young have like five decent innings here and be at 70 pitches and get pulled, and like Texas still kind of pay off um, against the bullpen. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, Gallo is a great call. Bizarro, Chu, Santana, maybe the guys that can do damage against righties that come in from the bullpen um, would be the way that I'd look at it. I know they only have, I think, two lefties in the bullpen. Um, so, yeah, I, it, it's a full stack or fade spot for me. Cincinnati at Chicago taking on the Cubs. Anthony Desclafani against Alec Mills. No total, but the win's going to be pretty neutral here. Um, any any interest in Anthony Desclafani? I don't want to pay 8.9K for him. Um, he's good against righties, bad against lefties. There's going to be three, four lefties, maybe five lefties in the lineup. Uh, so it's enough for me to stay off of him at that price tag with that many lefties going against him. Yeah, um, I don't mind him against right-handed heavy teams, but like you, I think there's too many lefties in this lineup. I'm going to probably stay away from here. Alec Mills on the other side um, has not pitched great in AAA this season. Um, I'm probably going to stay away from him as well. Yeah, yeah, he's not a great pitcher. The win could be decent for hitting i don't know if it's going to be good like we're not going to see the 12 mile per hour when we saw yesterday but yeah his numbers in triple a so far this season uh has a near or over five x fip walking guys at a decent clip striking him out and only an average clip it's going to get worse in the majors he's cheap but i'm not using him 
Let's talk Cincinnati Bats. One of my favorite plays on the day is probably Scooter Jeanette. I, I know he's been very disappointing, but 3400 for a guy that has double home run upside um, is just too cheap against a guy that I feel like is beatable. And like Scooter's not this bad. Yeah, he's coming back from injury, got a little sick, but he's a guy that certainly has upside, and he's just too cheap today. I mean, I love the lefties here. Um, Mills, I'm assuming, is going to be a normal platoon split guy. Uh, so Dietrich, Jeanette, Vado, and Winker are all 3.7K or under. They're all too cheap. A lefty stack here is fantastic. Um, so I'm good with all of them at their price tag, and they're probably going to be featured pretty heavily in any, like, 5-3 stack that I have. Yeah, like, if Winker plays, I'm guessing Dietrich won't play. Um you have to be careful with Dietrich just because they've been pinch hitting for him. Once a lefty comes in, if his spot comes up, like no respect from a boy. Um, I, I don't get it. Like if you're not going to utilize him as, as much as you should, like trade him or something, he's worth something. Um, but yeah, um, certainly don't mind the lefties. I'm right there with you. Um, kind of hope that Winker maybe sits so Dietrich gets to play because I'd much rather play Dietrich. As far as the Cubs go, I think all the lefties on this team as well are in play. When you're looking at Descafani as a 410 Woba, 282 ISO, 50% fly ball rate with a 50% hard hit rate uh, against lefties and just doesn't generate any soft contact against lefties, does not have an out pitch against left-handed hitters. So load up on the lefties here for the Cubs. Uh, they're probably not going to have a ton of ownership either. Yep. Right there with you. I always target lefties versus Descalfani, and there's some decent ones in this Cub lineup. None of them are too restrictively priced. No, I love Schwarber. Schwarber is just too cheap today. Like yeah, he's okay. a guy that, get, that that's another guy we could say that every single day. Every day, every day. I don't disagree with you, but like I play Schwarber in cash all the time when he's facing bad righties, and Descalfani is not a bad righty, but he does struggle with lefties enough that um, this is a spot that I'll play Schwarber in all formats. So. Mets and the Twins. We got Steven Matz, Michael Pineda. Um, any interest here in Steven Matz? I don't think so. There could possibly be some weather in this game, but even if there weren't, I don't think I'd have any interest in Matz. I mean, he's an all right pitcher, but Minnesota is a very good lineup. Like he has 6K. I get that, but I'm, I'm just not going with Matz at all. Yeah, it's kind of where I'm leaning to. Um, I promise there's a guy in the 6K range that I will have a little bit of exposure to today. We haven't got to him yet. We'll get to him. Um, yeah, that's that's really it. Uh, as far as Michael Pineda goes, uh, he has strikeout upside, but he does give up home runs. Like You know he's going to go out and give up a home run or two um, just about every start. I don't think I can play him here, even though like we look at his last couple starts before the before the All Star break, and he was really starting to put it together. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing is he doesn't walk anyone. Um, the problem is he's just a mediocre strikeout pitcher, and he's priced up too much. Nine point two K is too much. I'm not doing that when I can go with Yamamoto for three hundred more, or Bueller for a thousand more. So zero interest in Pineda. It's kind of where I'm at. Again, he's a guy that I'd probably go down to Woodruff or up to Yamamoto or Allen. Um, Pineda and Allen are the same price, and I, I think I'd rather play Allen. Um, Mets bats. Pete Alonzo, amazing spot here. Michael Pineda is a guy that gives up a ton of hard contact, ton of fly balls, ton of home runs to right-handed bats. Like 
Pete Alonzo is a guy you should probably try to feature as much as you can, especially with like Murphy and, and Belt being first basemen. I don't think um, we'll see too much ownership on Alonzo today. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. Absolutely love Alonzo, but we can say that virtually every single day. And Pretty most, much. Likely on, <laughs> most likely on those days, he's going to hit a home run because he does every day. Alonzo, one of my favorite plays on the entire slate. Dominic Smith, Cano, Conforto, all a little bit too cheap at 4K and under. And if you really want to round out a stack, you can go with McNeil. I generally like lefties a little bit more, but Pineda's numbers versus lefties, like he has a 282 Woba. Um, even though he's giving up almost as many fly balls and almost as much hard contact, he doesn't have good number versus lefties, and he doesn't strike him out. He doesn't walk him, so that gives you a little bit more upside there. Um, so I don't mind a stack here, in all honesty. I mean, they have a 4.7 implied run total, so they could they could put some they could put some points up on Pineda. Um, Minnesota bats, you know, obviously, anytime you're facing a lefty, Nelson Cruz, the guy you need to talk about. Um, outside of Cruz, what else are we looking? Um, I'm fine with Garver. See, he's in the lineup. Blanco's better versus righties than he is versus lefties. Um, so I don't know if I really want to play him, but I'm fine with it. Like Kepler, if he's in the lineup, that's fine. And Matt's is a bit reverse splitsy, so they could roll out a bunch of lefties in here. So, like, honestly, full stack him up. Any of these guys are fine, but Cruz is the guy that you really want in your lineup. Yeah, and Sano. Sano's the guy that's either going to strike out or hit the ball really hard, um, and I'm perfectly okay with that in tournaments. So those would be the two guys that I'd kind of feature here, and if you want to make it a three-man payout for Garver, um, I'm not going to talk you off of it. It's just I, I get a little woozy um, paying 49 for Garver when I can get Gary Sanchez for 4600 that's all. Um, Atlanta at Milwaukee. We got Bryce Wilson against Brandon Woodruff, nine and a half total. Woodruff, a 162 favorite. Uh, any interest here in Bryce Wilson? Yeah, I don't play righties versus Milwaukee. I don't pay 8.5K for a pitcher going up against Milwaukee. And I don't pay 8.5K for a mediocre pitcher. Uh, no, not using him. Mediocre is kind of nice. Um, Bryce Wilson, 5X FIP on the season. 448 Woba to lefties, 361 Woba to righties, uh, ISO over 200 to both sides. He does have some strikeout stuff, but um, mediocre was, was was being nice. Mediocre but... fantasy. Like, he has an <laughs> above-average K rate. He does. Brandon Woodruff, really tough matchup. Uh, on paper, you know, the Braves, the team, don't really strike out that much outside of the guys towards the bottom. They walk a lot. They're very patient. It's just not a team you like to play pitchers against, but 87 for Woodruff, I don't think is the worst in the world, knowing that like this dude has you know 25-plus point upside. Um, tournaments only, though, I think would be the way that I'd lean towards Woodruff. I might use him in cash. Um, honestly, this kid's good. I get that's a tough matchup in a tough ballpark, but Woodruff is a very good pitcher. Um, almost elite strikeout rate pretty much elite walk rate um gets average ground balls like doesn't give up too much hard contact i get it's a very tough opponent um but there is some strikeouts in this lineup like 23 percent projected lineup here i really like woodruff he's him and bueller are my two top options on the slate that's probably where i'm going with cash at this point could change my mind tomorrow because of the tough matchup but like woodruff is really good so I'm going to use him a ton. I get it. I do. Um, 
it's not like it's not like he's cheap in his aspect of things like 8,700. I don't know if he's been that expensive. I think maybe a few times a season, but like just looking at the slate and looking how they have these, these pitchers price, like that's where his price really kind of stands out to me. Looking at the guys that he's kind of priced around, like he's priced around Wilson and Kashner and, you know, Sabathi and Descalfani. Like I'd rather play him over all those guys. So, I think that um, there is value with the price, even though it's not like an extreme value in general. As far as the Atlanta bats go, I, I never hate Freddie Freeman against a right-handed pitcher. It's a good ballpark. Uh, Freeman as a one-off, but first base is so loaded today. I, I highly doubt I end up playing any Freeman. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I might play him over on fantasy draft as a one-off, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's a good spot for him. Um, it is fantasy draft or yeah, for sure. Um, Milwaukee, I certainly don't mind any of these bats. Yelich, Grandal, Moustakis, Thames. Um, you can load up on the Milwaukee bats, and I'm not going to talk you off of it. Yeah, I mean, love Yelich. He's expensive, but that's fine. Grandal's a little bit too cheap at 4.2K. He's one of the top catcher options on the entire slate. Moustakis, Thames, Braun, like, Wilson's not a great pitcher. Gives up a decent amount of hard contact and a decent amount of fly balls, so... Yeah, yeah, you can go with any of these Milwaukee bats. It stacks and play. They have a 5.3 run total. Go with Milwaukee. I hate paying up for catcher, but there, there's a good chance that I play Grandal in cash today. I really like the $4,200 price tag on him in this matchup. Um, it, That's kind of it. Nothing really else for this one, right? Yeah. All right, moving on. We got uh, Pittsburgh at St. Louis. Um, nine total. Going to have to watch the weather in this one. Dario Agrazo against Jack Flaherty. Um, Flaherty's a 178 favorite. Um, any interest here in Agrazo? Um, No, I don't think so. He hasn't been great since he got into the bigs. I mean, St. Louis is not a fantastic opponent, but he had mediocre case stuff in the minors and just hasn't done well in the majors. I mean, he has a 2.8 ERA, but that's with a near 6 X fit. So no interest in him. He's the guy that I think I'd play in this price range. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Like, I don't disagree with you uh, on the K stuff. I, I don't. I, I do think there's a, a route to 15 fantasy points for him here, though. Like, I I don't know. Don't do it, Stevie. Uh, don't do it, I probably it, won't. Like, I, 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 I highly doubt I'll go under Flaherty today, um, honestly. But just looking at this, and the Cardinals team is just, outside of a couple bats, really struggling right now. So, I think there's one guy that's 2.3K cheaper that's going to outscore him. Um, We'll get to him in a second. Oh, geez. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I do like like the pitcher in the other game. uh, The other side of that game. Um, Flaherty, what are we doing? Flaherty, very popular, probably your SP2 and cash games if you want to play the chalkier option. Um, I will say, like, there is downside here, like, there's a lot of lefties in this lineup, and Flaherty has really struggled with lefties this year. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. There's enough lefties in this line where it makes it a little bit tough. He's just a good enough, like, it's just the price tag thing. Like, I want him in a righty heavy matchup, but when he's priced this cheap, which he is pretty much every day and it's infuriating um, because he's always chalking and you're always kind of forced to play him. He's a good enough pitcher. 
Pittsburgh is a decent lineup. No one ever plays them. Flaherty's one of the top options. I'm probably still going to fade him because of ownership, though. Yeah, I probably will end up fading him, too. Um, I do like potentially playing Woodruff or Alex Young um, as an SP2 just to be different. And there's just so many lefties here. They don't strike out. They have a 17.4% K rate. Like, Flaherty's going to be talked about a lot today. Yep. And I'm not saying Flaherty's a bad pitcher in any means. I'm just saying they're it's not like an easy route to like 20 fantasy points for him here. Um, so if he's going to have the ownership, which, you know, we mean you both, the first thing that we talked about, you know, when we got on before we started going here is just Flaherty's so cheap again and people are going to play him. So if he starts to get a ton of ownership, which I do think he will, it's an easier fade for me. If he goes out and pitches a good game, it is what it is. I hope my guys do well enough that um, I don't get crushed. Yeah. Pittsburgh bats. I certainly don't hate bell Moran Dixon here. I, I like this three man. I talk about this three man all the time. That's the three man with upside. Flaherty does have a 231 ISO with a 44.4% hard hit rate against lefties this season. I don't mind these three power bats right here. And you can throw in Frazier. You can throw in Reynolds. I love lefties against Flaherty. Flaherty's going to be chalk full Pittsburgh stacks very much in play for big field tournaments. It's actually probably one of the better stacks on the slate for big field tournaments. If you just throw the lefties in there and boom, just, just cash, cash, cash your checks at the end of the night. St. Louis bats. What are we doing here with the cards? I mean, they're super cheap. They're not good. And they make me lose a bunch of money. I mean, Goldschmidt, DeJong, Carpenter, Martinez, O'Neal, all of them are too cheap. And I hate all of them. And I'll end up with a St. Louis stack. They have a five implied run total. We could see some St. Louis chalk here, in all honesty. Uh, more as a four-man stack. But just because they're so cheap, they allow you to get Bueller and some Coors bats. I hate it. I'll use some of it. And I'll just regret it at the end of the night like I do every single time I stack the Cardinals. Yeah, never a fun team to stack. But I do think they're your dumpster dive stack of the day. Um it's man it's it's ugly um and again um i don't hate dario on the other side of this game but just when you're looking at teams with implied totals over five that are cheap like they're they they fit the build like i could see playing four or five of these guys getting good pitching and paying up for you know your three one-offs or however you want to approach the rest of your lineup and um makes a ton of sense here so I just certainly don't love it. It's ugly once you start clicking their names. Moving on, though, we got the White Sox and the Royals. Ten and a half total. Dylan sees against Glenn Sparkman. Sees is a 128 favorite. Um, I don't hate him here, Grant. I wish he was a little bit cheaper. He is cheaper on FanDuel. Um, I can certainly see playing him more on FanDuel than on DraftKings today. But I don't think this is necessarily a bad spot for him um, with a little bit of upside that he's shown in the minors. Yeah, but the problem is the walk rate. Um However, he is going up against a team that really doesn't walk at a huge clip. Fourth uh, lowest in baseball against right-handed pitching. Yeah, so there's that. It's that simple. I don't. I'm not going to use him. The five implied run total scares me, even though a bit of that is attributed to the bullpen. His price is just too expensive. If it was 8K, I'd definitely be considering him. But I guess yeah, you're fine with him over on FanDuel, DraftKings. I'm going to fade him. 
Yeah, I, I don't think I'd play him on DK either. Um, I think I like some options in this range a little bit more than I like him. But if I'm going to play, if I'm going to play him, it's going to be on Fanduel. It depends on how many teams I make on Fanduel um, before I, you know, would need him. Glenn Sparkman, he's really, really cheap. You want to talk about him? I know it. Uh, go right ahead. He's really, really cheap. This Chicago's White Sox lineup is not good versus right-handed pitching. Strikeout at a huge clip. We just saw what Junis did. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. I'm playing Sparkman. And I don't need more than 15 points. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. White Sox don't walk. It's completely uh, – he's completely at the, like, just whim of BABIP here. But there's enough strikeouts in this lineup where it pushes him to a mediocre strikeout pitcher. And it's just that simple. He can end up with six strikeouts here. It's realistically possible. And he's 4.3K, super, super cheap here. It's going to be hot, which worries me a little bit. But, yeah, Glenn Sparkman's my favorite value pitcher on the slate. So we'll see how this goes. You know what else should worry you? Glenn what? Sparkman stinks. <laughs> that is 100% accurate. Uh, just keep it real, buddy. Um, yeah, I, I get it. I do. Uh, when you're looking up and down this lineup, there's a lot of strikeouts here. Um, so <laughs> you're just considering the price. He's put up eight and negative eight in two starts against this team this season. Um, I thought he put up you... 9.6 in his last one. Oh, was it 9.6 and negative eight? Um, I did the math wrong. So, yeah, um, let's talk bats here because it's more fun to talk bats. What are we looking at here on the White Sox side? Yeah, I, I don't want to talk anymore, Sparkman. Um Power bats, Sparkman's a bit of a fly ball guy. He doesn't strike out a ton of guys. McCann, Moncada, Abreu, Jimenez. All of them are good plays. Jacobs one off. Stack if you want. I don't I don't need Sparkman to do that well. And I mean they're gonna be facing the bad bullpen afterwards, but should also mention that Sparkman put up twenty points against the twins, Stevie, just so you know. Weirdest. Like if I had to guess, just I would have never guessed that. Um this is baseball. Anything literally the worst pitchers in the league can sometimes put up a no hitter. There's one other guy that I want to mention today. He's twenty one hundred on FanDuel. And I was looking at I was looking for his price over there on DK and I can't find it. I don't know if he's in the player pool. Um yeah, he is in the player pool. He's 3,700 on DraftKings. He's, he's a FanDuel play. Like, you can use him at first base or utility spot on FanDuel. It's A.J. Reed. He's 2,100. He's a guy that, you know, was with the Houston Astros. Obviously, they just – they're loaded. They don't need him. Uh, 245 ISO in AAA this season. 251 ISO in AAA last season. Facing Sparkman, 2,100. Um, if you're looking for a little bit of value, I think A.J. Reed is a nice way to save a little bit of money over there on FanDuel. Um, anything on the Royal side? You can stack them up because of, um, Dylan, 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 Dylan. I think it's Dylan. Um, if Dave Chappelle skit had anything to do with his name, then it's Dylan. Uh, but <laughs> like he walks a lot of guys. And so like, even though the Royals don't walk a whole lot, guys can be on base. He's got good strikeout numbers. I could see a stack working out well here. They have a five implied run total, but I mean, there's so many stacks on the slate. Yeah, I don't think I could do it. 
All right, Giants and Rockies, 14 and a half total. Yes, I'm reading that correctly. I've double-checked a couple different places. It's Drew Pomerantz. It's Peter Lambert. We're not playing you one of these pitchers, right? Um, If you want to lose money, I mean, they're both going to get outscored by 20 by Sparkman, and that's if Sparkman only ends up with five points. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I, I, would, um, I would not bet on... <laughs> I would not bet on either one of these pitchers outscoring Sparkman. Um, let's talk bats here. Obviously, there's a ton of choices on both sides of this game. Um, we'll start with the Giants. I think Brandon Belt is, you know, your default over top option from this team. You know, he's a guy that hits a ton of fly balls with a ton of power facing this Lambert kid who's giving up a ton of hard contact. Like, Belt's a guy that you could play when he's not playing in San Francisco. Batting leadoff, probably going to get five at-bats. Like, he, he's a guy that is one of the first guys in my my cash lineup today. Yeah, yeah, Belt's one of the top plays on the entire slate. Um, maybe the top play. San Francisco's been putting up a ton of runs recently. Um, I can't actually remember how many they put up today. I wasn't really paying too much attention. They put up but, 19 in the first game and two in the second. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, so they did, yeah. <laughs> 14 yeah. and a half total, and they put up three runs. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, we, didn't we all love that yeah oh gosh i was happy that their lineups didn't come out till later so all my action over on fantasy draft i'm like all right i'll just go with arenado story doll and blackman those are the guys i know are going to be the lineup and they still destroyed my heart and soul but you know that happens yeah any of these guys are fine uh stack the giants if you want they have over they have a seven implied total almost um and, yeah, on top of that, just go with the lefties. Uh, lefties especially with power. So Dickerson, Sandoval, and Belt, and then Posey just because of his price tag position eligibility. Yep, Crawford, another guy that should be in your cash line. Too cheap. Rockies, the righties for me. Um, you know, Story, Arenado, Desmond. I don't really think Pomerantz will pitch too deep here if you want to play the lefties as part of a stack. But, you know, obviously the lefties are the guys that are – you know, a little bit more expensive. Aaron Otto, 5,100, probably not expensive enough. Yeah. Um, no, he's Weird to say that on a $5,100 price guy. I mean, no, it's not. Ain't, like, any of the top four guys, 5,100 would be too cheap. Arnado's price tag makes no sense. Arnado should be probably the second guy, maybe the first guy you get into your lineups for cash games. One of the top options on tournaments, one of the top one-offs. Going up against lefties, we all know his numbers. Ridiculous. 452 Woba, 313 ISO. In cores, it's way higher than that. Pomeranz gives up hard contact and fly balls. He's not great, and he relies on his curveball super heavy. So we know that doesn't work out too well in cores. You can play everyone top to bottom. Blackman and Dahl are maybe expensive, but they're going to go under-owned because they're going up against a lefty, but Pomeran still isn't great versus lefties. This is a smash spot here. Play Rockies or fade him because of variance. Same thing as every day. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, all right. 15 games. We're moving along. We got Seattle and Oakland. Marco Gonzalez against Daniel Mignon. Um, nine and a half total. Mignon is a 178 favorite. Marco Gonzalez. No, not having great season. Highest fly ball rate since his rookie year. Um any interest here in Gonzalez? No, the changing ball really just crushed his heart and soul. Um, and Oakland's good. They have a 5.5 implied run total, and he's 8K, not using him. 
Um, any interest here in Magnet? A little bit, actually. Um, Mariners only have a 4.1 implied team total here. Magnet gets a decent amount of fly balls, but Mariners have a 25% projected strikeout rate in their projected lineup. Um, so I don't I don't hate Magden, even though he's 7.8K. Like, if you want to pivot off of Flaherty, Magden could easily go seven, strike out five, and not allow a run. I don't hate it. I really don't hate it. I don't love it. I'd rather get up to Woodruff, um, but Magden's definitely my player pool. I would rather get up to Woodruff. I don't hate it, and I don't love it either. Like, <laughs> it's just, I, I don't disagree with anything you said there. Um, I, I like to target pitchers against Seattle. I, I think they're a team that's really struggling right now. But I like to see a little bit more K upside, 17% strikeout rate, 6.5% swinging strike rate. Like That is something that I would like to see a little bit higher because this team does have power. Like They have power to hit home runs, and if you don't have the strikeout stuff, they could get to you. So... I don't hate it. Don't love it. Wouldn't talk you off of it. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. This game, 68 degrees, uh, probably the coolest game on the slate. Seattle bats. Um, you know, obviously I don't mind Vogelbach here. JP Crawford. Under 4K. Is Vogelbach really that cheap? 3.9K for a guy with a 310 ISO and a 427 Woba going up against a low strikeout pitcher. Oh, gosh. Okay. That's the guy you play on fantasy draft right there. Like, yeah. Playing not, Brandon Belt and Cash on DraftKings, but like on fantasy draft, I'd definitely get me some Vogelbach. I might have to make a seven or I mean an eight first baseman or no, I guess I can't. A five first baseman lineup over on fantasy draft. Maybe six because I think Belt's up, applicable in the outfield. But every once in a while I'll do that just for fun. And a lot of times it actually works out. But yeah, Mariners, I. I'm staying away outside of Vogelbach because of his price tag. Um, Omar, because he's 4K, and lefty Megan struggled versus lefties. And Seager, because he's 3K, which is ridiculous. I don't mind a mini stack of those three guys, but I'm still probably uh, – I'll use some Crawford. You can do a four-man stack here, to be honest. Like They're all cheap enough, and Crawford's strikeout rate is not nearly as um, not nearly as bad considering Megan's uh, splits and low strikeout rate. But yeah, honestly, I don't mind some Mariners here just because the price It's just so cheap. Honestly, would you rather stack the Mariners with using their power bets and Navarez, Seager, Vogelbach, and Crawford, or would you rather go with Cardinals and just end up with zero points? <laughs> um, I don't know. Honestly, I didn't realize Oakland was so cheap. Like, I, I know what I said about the St. Louis Cardinals earlier, but Fegley's 33, Pender's 33, Chris Davis is 34. Like, those are the three guys that I really like, you know, and obviously you can add Chapman. He's the guy you got to kind of have to pay up for, but they're, like, Chris Davis, I understand that he is not having the best season in the world, and he's been dealing with a little bit of injury, and he's four for his last 30. I get all that. But he's still a guy that we know has tremendous upside against a guy that has a career high fly ball rate, you know, outside of his rookie year. Like, there's no reason we shouldn't be taking shots on Chris Davis at this price point. 3.4K is just silly to me. Um, and we talked about how he's not doing great this year. Well, guess what? He still has a 268 ISO and a 374 Woba. 
And George Springer just hit another bomb. Um, that's going to cost me a bit. But, oh well, things happen. Uh, yeah, he's he's just too darn cheap. I don't mind the stack either. Like, Chapman, I don't even hate playing Olsen, to be honest. I mean, Gonzalez doesn't strike out lefties at a high clip. And Olsen, if he hits the ball, he's going to crush it. Uh, and Gonzalez is getting a 40% hard contact rate to lefties so far this season. So, yeah, I don't mind a stack here. Chris Davis, obviously the top play, though. All right, Houston at L.A. taking on the Angels last game on the slate. Uh, Colin McHugh to open. I don't know how deep he's going to really pitch into this game. And then Andrew Heaney on the Angels side. I think I'm going to fade the Houston pitching situation in this one. Same. I think on a 15-game slate, I have to risk it. Andrew Heaney, um, I just I don't see a ton of upside here. I know White and Stassi probably going to be in the lineup. They do strike out quite a bit. But the only like thing that we have going here is I know Andrew Heaney um, was really close to Skaggs, and like he's been looking forward to this start. But I just all narratives aside, I just don't see a reason to play him today at 9,300. Yeah, I mean, he had those few starts at the beginning of the season um, that had just massive amount of strikeouts and then kind of come back down to earth, gotten a little wild, like raises raises walk rate drastically, dropped his K rate. He had an eight strikeout game against Oakland, but outside of that two, two, four, five in his last few. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't have any interest in him here. Um, bats, Houston bats, you know, Springer, Altuve, Bregman, all very good against left-handed pitching. Uh, I think those probably the guys that I'd be looking at here. Yep. Um, and I don't, I don't hate Alvarez. I mean, I get he's striking out lefties at a large clip, but it's regressed quite a bit. Um, he's probably close to just slightly above league average. He only has two pitches to lefties, a curve and a sinker. Um, and Alvarez can hit anything hard. So, yeah, but the righties are the ones I'm mostly targeting and – they are good, and they are all too cheap. Um, Angels bats here. You know, Colin McHugh. We don't know really what the situation is here. They really haven't said anything. Um, game's still going on Tuesday, so we really don't have an idea. I think you can always, you know, look at Otani um, against potential righty. We'll have to see if Trout is back. I doubt it. You know, it's a strain right calf. I'm guessing he's probably going to miss um, – a few games here, if not the rest of the week. Um, Otani, Upton, Boar, Otani. Yeah, Upton's a little bit too cheap. Um, Otani's really expensive. Yeah, yeah, it's it's mostly just Upton for me. And that's pretty much it. But I'm fine with Otani. I'm fine with Calhoun. I'm fine with Boar, but mostly Upton. Yeah, I like the price on Upton. We know Colin McHugh. Kind of reverse splits pitcher that gives up a lot of hard contact to righties. Let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Under 8K to get six or more strikeouts, who do you got? Sparkman. You sure? <laughs> I'm going for it. You said over six? Yeah, over six Ks. So he has to get seven. Well, well six, six or more. Six or more. Okay, then he'll get six. All right. I'm going to take um, Austin Young. Alex Young. Austin Young? Alex Young. Alex Young. Alex Young. Um, 
<laughs> Over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today, Don, in course field? There's a bunch of them, but I'm still going with Lance Lynn. All right. Um, I'm going to say Colin McHugh. Like, I do not see a reason to play him today. I do not think he will go deep into the game whatsoever. Um, give me a guy over 4K to hit a home run that's not in course. Josh Bell. Man, I like that one. That was good. Yeah. He has three home run potential, if you don't remember. Um, I hate saying Yelich. Give me Grandall. Give me – I'll stay to, in the, to stay to that game, but I'll take Grandall. Um, give me a guy under 4K to get two hits that's not in course today. Vogelbaum. And one of those is a Vogelbaum. I like it. They are both Vogel. He's hitting two home runs. Um, give me Schwarber. Super chalky on my answers today. Give me a stack to score six or more runs, Grant. Super unchalky. Pittsburgh. I like it. I really like the leverage um, in that spot. I'm changing my dumpster dive team, and I'm saying Oakland. The Oakland Athletics score six or more runs today um, instead of the Cardinals. I, I, I think that I like that better. Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? If you have balls, play Sparkman. Um, if you don't have balls, still play Sparkman. If you are willing to lose money, and play Sparkman. But any of those aren't true, then don't play Sparkman. <laughs> On that note, we're going to get out of here. I hope everyone has an awesome, awesome Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we will see you then. Take it.